back on this week's episode. The blue wave. Prospect of a Joe Biden victory in the presidential race. A recapture of the Senate by Democrats. And holding court in the House leads to the best week in the markets since August. But will it last? We discuss all that and more. Term options to finance your long term options, or are you doing finance or selling long term options? No, you're you're selling short term to finance long term, but the long term is already cheap as it is. Uh, So, for example, um, I I bought the long term options on Cisco, Visa, and Target, and in each case. The 2023 option is, again, it calls for about 15% upside, but I can sell the January 21 options and even like I sell them far enough out of the money that they're not going to get there. You just like, it's, you know, it's not going to happen. Um, and still it'll, it'll decrease the price of the long-term option by about 20%. So in January, I can go out to March or April sell another one and along the way just keep collecting that meanwhile riding the 23 option all the way up ah, okay so like going going long dated options I, I do that every fourth quarter but it's just recently that i started actually shorting options as a way of you know reducing risk um so yeah, I, I, I did those three this week. I also tried to go in on tap um, the the beer company, but um, is it those the, are is it the ticker. Yeah, I think it's Molson Coors, but those orders didn't go through. So you're really playing some three dimensional chess there, eh, Bobby? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's worked out. It's already up quite a bit this week yeah so on tap no tap tap the order hasn't gone through on tap but um cisco target and visa are doing very well i mean everything's doing well but cisco is one of your old standbys yeah yeah um well the, the the key to this strategy is to go with things that aren't going to move a lot. Like you need to be able to, to control um, the magnitude and, and how fast you're going to get to a certain price. So it actually helps to go with things like Cisco that are naturally really boring, but um, it makes the strategy work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Robert, how did you golf last week? Uh, 
very drunk. Very drunk. <laughs> um, oh, oh, actually, uh, so a couple of days ago, I, I played my first full, like, really big course, because most of the ones I play are, like, par threes, maybe par fours. I yeah, played my first... Mickey Mouse operations. This yeah. is where I live. Yeah. So I, I played my first real big one, and I can honestly say I, I understand the appeal of drinking and driving. Um, cause you get, you get your little golf cart and, and a six pack and you're just going ham on a golf course. It's fantastic. So you mean, cause, cause you just, you feel, you, uh, you feel the breeze well, I, in your hair. Well, I don't drive ever. So for me, drinking and driving on a golf course is about as much of a rebel as I'm going to get anytime soon. But you understand, but you're happy to be the passenger of a drunk maniac is what you're saying. No, I, I was driving my own golf cart. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And now now you understand what it's all about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, well, you know, uh, a lot's happened in the last week. The Don almost died, maybe. I don't know. He's not out of the woods yet. He's on so many steroids, it's impossible to tell. But I assume they'll just keep giving him steroids. There's a lot of like weekend at Bernie's memes going around, which is pretty, pretty solid, pretty solid. Um, <clears throat> but I would say the practical consequence of all of this is so the betting markets, the market markets right now, the money odds on money is on a blue wave. As we like to say, Joey Biden in the white house, they retain the house the Dems, and they get a bare majority in the Senate. And uh, evidently, that's how we explained this week. The markets had their best week since August. Do you buy, buy the narrative? Definitely has been good for fan, for James, on the renewables front. So renewables are crushing it. Yeah. Go spending. Um <laughs> Well, that's what the market says. I guess it's it's that uh, you're going to expand the deficit and a lot of the, I guess there'll be some infrastructure spending, so you'll get um, increasing renewables and some of the metal, the copper. Uh, so those those things have had a good week. Yeah, and the the actual the actual betting market has that as well. I can't find the bet on on. Uh, house and uh, house and senate makeup but the actual betting market does have uh joe biden on a heavy heavy favorite line i know james you at some point were waiting waiting for trump to fall to like the 140 150 range he's there now if you <laughs> want to take that. <laughs> i was hoping for the senate now and then and then that bet has gone away i don't know i don't know if you got my 50 bucks in there still, because that, that bet's no oh, longer yeah, no 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 no, that that that's still there. I just for whatever reason I can't I can't place any new ones, but it's still there. Yeah, I haven't seen the the, the line right now. So, but I mean, yeah. As of was it was it a couple of days ago? This was after the Trumpus was in the hospital. Mike Poons was plus three thousand, which is kind of a fun one. That's the fun. That's the fun bet. Assume Trump dies, creates a redirect sympathy vote to Mike Pence. He carries the White House plus 3,000. You can make a case for it. You could. 
Well, not, not with all those, not, not with all the steroids he's been getting. <laughs> he's uh, he's feeling better than he was 20 years ago, which is a little scary. But well, that just yeah, that just means he wasn't on drugs back then. Hell yeah. So yeah. Uh, so we we now are to. So Wall Street is good. They like the they like the Democrats, right? They're, are they warming up to the blue wave? There's no controversy in it anymore. It just it, or uh, the market is responding positively to what they perceive as a more certain outcome, which, in my mind, just means we're setting ourselves up for disappointment. But there's this trade-off between. So if you get the blue wave, you get the more spending, but you also get more taxes. Now, the probably the more spendings probably outweighs the higher taxes, but there's the worst case scenario, which we will have um, a Biden presidency, um, blue house, but a red Senate, because McConnell is intent on just stonewalling any new spending. And, you know, similar to what he did in Obama's second term, and then you probably won't get any spending, and then that will probably be the worst case scenario. So I think in everyone's discounting the, the importance of the Senate. They're not putting enough weight on it. And I think and that, to me, that's the most important. Is, is this just about the likelihood of a second round of stimulus getting passed? Is it that short-term in its thinking? That and, and long-term, the huge infrastructure spending, Green New Deal or whatever they got in the works. Um, that's true, which you, yeah, you obviously need undivided government for. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, <clears throat> this just feels to me like, obviously, we've been in volatility city. Um, definitely, we're setting ourselves up for disappointment because if it is a blue wave, we know the Don is not, is not leaving at least until Inauguration Day, and that's going to royal. It's going to royal everybody, markets included. So, to boot, you guys... You, you got out of your options on triple Q and Robert, you were what? Double fentanyl SP. What was it? I went, I went SPXL, but SPXL. I, didn't, I, I didn't get out because I think the market's going lower. I didn't get out because I think there's volatility. It's just once you're this close to expiration, the, the time decay that goes into it will wipe out a, a good chunk of your gains. Um, so I did sell out of SPXL and I did sell out of, uh, my calls on square, but I, I redeployed it in other things. I'm still along the market. And, and James, you got out of your triple Q call. Yeah. Just for that, just that short term. But I mean, it's been a huge couple of weeks just because of the uh, Q4 rebalancing. So yeah, it's been fantastic. <laughs> I don't, I don't think in terms of, you know, accidentally timing the market, Robert would say it wasn't an accident, but I don't know if you'll ever do better than that. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> as, as long as there's a record of it, it's in the cloud. People know it happened. I'm okay with that. Listen, I mean, we've, uh, we, we nailed the 2020 prediction uh, more than I ever thought possible. Uh, obviously, I didn't make money on it, but it did give birth to Robert your your new uh, three dimensional uh, options chess strategy that you just outlined at the beginning. Yeah, you know, so there's something yeah. to that. Yeah, no, like uh, 
obviously they're they're being very cynical when they say this, but I have heard a lot of people say like, "Wow, COVID's the best thing that happened to me." Um, <laughs> but I, I, I've genuinely heard that a few times. But uh, as far as as far as my investing and my my money making scheme, it's been it's been good to me. So the other thing that's uh, was in the headlines today, but um, East Asia had a bit of a rally over the last week as well. James, uh, is this just a byproduct of the frothiness in American markets? Is there something else going on there? Yeah, I think a weaker dollar helps, or sorry, I guess. See, yeah, I, th- I think some of the, at least the additional stimulus would help. Um, but then you know, you know, East Asia's handled the virus a lot better. So there's some good numbers coming out of China, Vietnam. Uh, so the, the the region there's you know we're more they're more uh, accustomed to pandemics for SARS, and so they've handled the whole thing better. They're they're now better pickup. Whereas in America, we just reach new heights of mismanagement. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, with the entire White House, <laughs> the national security issue, yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so, um, what what is your, so now you're out of your calls, Robert, you talked about you got into Molson beer or whatever the I hell, tried. tap. I tried, I tried, I haven't, I haven't gotten in, but I'll, I'll try again. <laughs> uh, James, I know you, I ask you this every week, um, but taking a step back uh, in the context of the electoral uncertainty that is looming, what is your potential next options play or not? Or are you just going to sit it out and watch the volatility Royal? Are you going to do something with metals? Uh, no, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of stuck in my positions now, um, especially you got gold and silver. And, uh, but after the election, if, if, Republicans retain the Senate. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna hedge like a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm buying a lot a lot of puts. Yeah. Yes, the, the divided government it will be, which will probably. I mean, there's a lot of talk about like we won't know what the outcome is for months. You know, mm-hmm. the 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 uh, radical rhetoric says that, but we'll probably have a good sense of whether or not we have divided or undivided government on the night of, I think. Hopefully. Yeah, usually, usually like what polls finish closing on the West coast at 9 PM, you'll know by 10 once like, what is it? One of those Midwestern States gets announced, then the whole thing falls into place. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to imagine, but so divided government to your point, James, uh, definitely put city undivided government's an interesting one because you probably have to you know like clear the period where the Donald is st- is not leaving the White House but if they can get him out of there hard to believe but it would just extend the bull run you would think yeah you know and, and there's the kind of the best case best case scenario which is the Don's still in office but uh, Democrats somehow main, uh, re- retain the, the Senate. So if they win, and because they're still going to spend, and we know from the Don's taxes, he's totally fine with debt. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so I, th- I think then, there, then, then there's going to be low taxes, like the best of both worlds, you're going to be low taxes and a lot of spending. Mm. 
that's yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the best case for markets but just throwing away america's future <laughs> exactly yeah all right we, we, we won't be around for it right yeah it's, it's all right they got the fed they're gonna monetize me that balance sheet's gonna go crazy i mean <clears throat> yeah when we're when we're old we'll, we'll, i'll i won't understand what's going on at all there's we're gonna it's gonna be uh we're gonna be paying things with our eyeballs using bitcoin we have no conception of what's going on at that point but I will have bionic arms. That I can guarantee you. Well, we're all oh, yeah, because because you're you're betting on all those uh, those robot companies to to get you there. Yeah, animatronics, man. Come on. Then you, then we could be drunk on the golf course for our, the rest of our lives. I'm working on it. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get there soon. Um, do you guys? So. One thing I thought was interesting is Scott, Scotty Galloway published on his blog today that, which I think is just something that is in the back of my mind. Certainly uh, if you're, I would say if you're conventional, if you're conventionally stupid, like I am, he still has anxiety about this in terms of like tech being an analog to 2001. And that this is just like irrational exuberance. And at some point, at some point, <clears throat> there will be a dramatic crash is basically what he wrote today. But Garden Variety, he was just like, I'm afraid this is 2001 all over again. We've talked about that ad nauseum, how you know this is completely different because of how aggressive the Fed has been, how big its balance sheet has been. But do you think there, this is still like the COVID, the onset of COVID is still like a permanent rebalancing in favor of tech and the nasdaq and that we'll look back on this and this is kind of just like a step change in where the long money is is going in the market away from the conventional you know in uncertain times put your money in bonds or dividend stocks now we're just resetting to a new world where people are going long on tech hard in the paint from here on out until yeah we're old people yeah, there's still a lot of crap out there, though, that, that has high valuations. <laughs> so part of what uh, Galloway says is true. I think there's some of the valuation of certain companies, but the big ones, the ones that we know are making money, I think it's it's fine. I don't think there's going to be that much of a pull. There'll be correction. You know, you, we've had those already, uh, but I don't see any like dramatic, uh, you know, 2000, 2001 type crashes. But for certain companies that have like ridiculous valuations, yeah. They'll be cleaned out. But not Tesla. Not Tesla, no. But Nikola, yeah. <laughs> and and those types of companies. By the way, it's a test, it's a test, it's a testament to Robert's prowess that he managed to make money on on Nikola. Good job. Three man. times. Three times. <laughs> Three times. Not once, but thrice. Yeah, no. So uh, as far as the bubble, like one of the things that gets lost is the companies with the same valuations are still making money. So they look scary from having historically high uh, PE ratios, but having a, if you, if you look at it as a, as a sum of discounted earnings, it's fine because the discount rate is nothing. Right. Mm -hmm. But it, James is right in that when you look at companies selling at a hundred times sales, okay, how do you begin to justify that? You can't. Having said that, if it is another crash and everything does get wiped out, 
I welcome it just because as I was talking to James at the beginning of, of our call, my biggest investments are in like old people companies. Yeah. So, so something like a Cisco, a, a Target, a Visa, a Molson, Coors, those aren't going anywhere. And they have like those more are, bankable valuations. So, correct. So speak. Yeah. Correct. But also, there's there's some protection built into the way that I that I trade. So, if the market crashed, I think I'd be fine. So, do I think it's going to happen? Not as a full blown. Um, collapse of tech but to james's point certain companies likely will and if it turns out i'm wrong then again i welcome it but i guess what you're really saying is uh, i i know tesla is a bad example for many reasons but i'm going to use that as an example of, of a company who's like earnings multiple certain people like Catherine wood could justify until the cows come home and other people say eh uh, it's just a car company. Um, but if like certain select companies just like get slaughtered ultimately and pruned out of, you know, like propping up the NASDAQ or whatever, it's not like a, it's systemic failure. It's just select companies will like temporarily well, drive corrections. It mostly just speaks to the fact that at this point, anyone is willing to buy anything because it's in the cloud. So right. it's either last week or two weeks ago that Palantir goes public. Generally, for a company to be uh, in existence for as long as they have, you'd have some sort of earnings and they've yet to make a profit. But still, they go public at some insane valuation. That shows, okay, there's definitely some exuberance there. Palantir sounds like a sexy, uh, I don't know, kill terrorist kind of software. Um, so I get why people would be attracted to it, but from, from a fundamental standpoint, yeah, there's definitely, um, individual companies that are grossly overvalued. To, to boot, uh, I'm plagiarizing this, of course, but Palantir is definitely a, a pile of dog shit. No doubt about it in my mind. It's just a squadron of mm-hmm. millennial data scientists. That's it. But they're good data scientists, though. It is hard to get a job there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not saying they're not talented, but does it scale? Like <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's because they're good that they get paid so much that they never make a profit. Because uh-huh. I don't know how many terrorists do you really need to kill out there? Yeah, well, listen. Some some would argue there'll always be terrorists, especially when. I'm able to read your text messages in your own mind. I can oh, yeah. say you're a terrorist. That, that, that'll be the future where Palantir just crushes it. <laughs> For sure. But then you won't need human data scientists. It'll just be machines, obviously. Because I know... Machines going out and killing people all the time? Yeah, but the machines predicting who the terrorists are. Yeah, it's not the data science that write the code. It's the machines that then write the code that the data says, right? <laughs> Someone's got to manage those machines. The second order thing effect. By the way, I did just say, but does it scale? Which is all you need to be able to say to be on CNBC. My question to you, Jim, is does this thing scale? <laughs> That's all you got to say. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised you haven't made it on there yet. 
some of those, some of those, look, I have it playing at least 12 hours a day, but some of the people they have on there are really something. I mean, first of all, we are number 249 in Apple podcast category, business subcategory investing in the United Kingdom, which wait, did we fall? I'm it's the same approximately. And, uh, Everyone knows that that's step one and step two is squawk box. So that's how it works. Everyone knows that. By the way, if you, Robert, if you were on squawk box, what would be your shtick? I, I'd be, uh, I'd, I'd be hitting on Becky, Becky quick in the morning. <laughs> so you'd how be, you doing? Yeah. You'd be, <laughs> you'd be, borderline inappropriate that would be your brand on cnbc borderline yes i could yours i think your stick would definitely be like you would say hang on hang on you people have always said <laughs> that's what you would say over and over again yes yes that's that sets me in a in a pinch for sure but uh yeah no i i i definitely think i could fit right in with those people James would be the guy on CNBC who would always be reminding people. He would be, you would be take the step back guy, James. Can we take, can we take a step back here, guys? Let's remember that the Fed has expanded its balance sheet to seven trillion dollars. That's it. James would be taking yeah, a step back. Guy. <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> but and then just, just, just keep going back. Step back three. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think Robert, I've, I've seen Robert's doppelganger, I think, like the white version of Robert on Bloomberg. He looks exactly like him, except like if you were white and you were like, he has like the same mannerisms and everything. I got I to gotta say, his guys, I forgot what the guy's name was. But I gotta, I'll look it up. I'll send it to you guys. Like his just his whole approach. Yeah, his whole approach and like even kind of his, his facial features and like his, his mannerisms. It's totally, it's, it's okay. Gee. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll spend a day looking at Bloomberg instead of CNBC. See, I'll see if I can find it. Bloomberg yeah, no, no. is definitely more subdued. <laughs> definitely more subdued. All right, y'all. James, good luck at the conference. I hope. Oh yeah, well. yeah it's always, <laughs> You know, your child All is performing. Right. Whatever. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> All right, y'all. <laughs> see you guys. See you.